when I was in like middle school and high school, one of the things that I was known for in my friend group was telling really good, scary stories. Oh, um, I believe it. And so I'm going to try to channel that side of myself for all the spooky parts of this recap. Okay. Um, and I hope you all enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> I got I got a little scared. <laughs> you said that. I'm not. I'm just going to be very silly. It's going to be Okay. Girls Talk Bollywood. I'm Kim. And I'm Katie. And we're here to talk about singing and dancing and Bollywood boys and ghosts. Yeah, absolutely we are. Bollywood ghosts who are just misunderstood. (laughs) Yes, which I forgot. I won't reveal the twist currently. Okay. Um, I'll let you do that in your plot (laughs) recap. But I completely forgot that there was a twist Mm -hmm. to this movie until like i don't know halfway through and then i was like oh yeah (laughs) and i remembered that was why i felt like i could watch it again right yeah because the it is a good twist yeah and i think this was a great way for us to start off our spooky films for october just because it's it's just the right amount of spooky where like Mm -hmm. You know, I watched it all like snuggled up in bed with a cup of tea yeah. as like the autumnal breeze is coming through my mm. open window. And it's Me like, too. It's a little spooky. <laughs> I actually, um, I got really scared because you know how like a few times in the movie there's like wind that yeah. blows stuff around in that like abandoned hallway. It was really windy the night I was watching oh. it. And I guess, you know, there's like cracks in my window Mm -hmm. and so I'm watching the movie and meanwhile there's the like whistling of the wind as it's coming through (laughs) and I was like is that the movie or is that like outside oh my gosh so I paused and there was no sound Uh I was like I'm pretty sure it was outside I'll just rewind to double check so I rewind hit play and it happens again and I was like okay so it's in the movie but then I paused again and the wind was still going. And I was like, oh my God, that's creepy. That is very creepy. Spooky. That, yeah, it really sounds like very similar to the way some of the hauntings occur mm-hmm. in the film. Which, by the way, we're talking about Bul Bulea yes. 2. Yes, 2. Um, <laughs> I always forget about that. I do too. Yeah. Not one. We would have loved to watch one, but we don't have the ability to stream it here in the US. Yeah. I really liked it. You know, I feel like the yeah. first time we watched it, I didn't dislike it. I didn't. I I, I enjoyed it, mm-hmm. but it wasn't memorable to me. And watching it this time, I think it's still probably not going to remain in my brain for very oh, long. Yeah, but I enjoyed it. Like it was a good I, way yeah. to spend two and a half hours. I totally agree with you. Honestly, I enjoyed it more than I remembered enjoying yeah. it in previous viewings. I don't know. I think that it just it just struck a chord with me this time that it hadn't previously. But really enjoyed it. Uh, the film stars Kartik Aryan and Kiara Advani and mm. Tabu in our our twins role. And the film was directed by Anis Bazmi and was written by Akash Kaushik. Mm. I feel like watching it the first time, I didn't really pay much attention to Kiara Advani. Mm-hmm. But this time watching it, after her performance in Satya Pram Kikata was so good. Yeah. And now watching this movie, I was finding myself paying more attention to her than Kartik. Because the first time we watched it, I was like, oh, I know Kartik. I don't know who this woman yeah. is. And I really enjoyed that. And Good. Yes. Yeah, that's just I, a note. 
she's she's great in this movie i think underutilized but that's far yep. from her fault <laughs> no yeah as we talked about last week it seems to happen yep. commonly yeah yes. well anyway <laughs> <laughs> let's begin <laughs> let's let's dive in we open on a beautiful mansion where people are gathered to witness a spooky ceremony but so we're seeing objects flying all around the room and there's rattling and shaking and suddenly one of the women in the crowd gets grabbed by her hair and is getting mm. dragged and we have no idea why any of this is happening at this point. Yeah, we're um, in it. We're in it. We're thrown right in. and With suddenly... some good creepy music. Sorry, I yes. just wanted to, I did note that. I was like, the music really sets the scene very it well. It does. And I really like that a lot of the themes we hear throughout, like, are reoccurring themes mm-hmm. and also get, are, like, pulled into the final dance number, which is yes. fun. Yes. Um, as this woman is getting dragged by her hair out of the room, a spirit materializes in a dark feminine form. <laughs> And says in an inhuman voice that she will not leave the house until she gets her revenge. But the crowd manages to throw the spirit back into a room. And they tie the doors shut with sacred string. And they lock it with a trident. Yes. And so the family who lives in this house, who has gone through this ceremony to trap this evil dark spirit in this room, they pack up and leave the house. They bring all their possessions and they abandon their ancestral home. Yeah. I don't know. I'm like, couldn't you have moved the spirit somewhere else? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I guess they didn't think of it. It's <laughs> an expensive, like, I don't know, ac- not exorcism, but an expensive well, prison. That's true. Luckily, these people are very, very wealthy. <laughs> yeah. Um, they needed, like, the Ghostbusters box. The, yeah. That yeah. seems like a much, a much more reasonable and affordable ghost receptacle. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> anyway, we flash forward 18 years and a scruffy looking guy and a beautiful young woman mm-hmm. <laughs> have a meet cute as they're riding some gondolas through the snow covered mountains. I can I just say I think this is like my favorite look for Kartik. Yeah, I agree. I really liked the scruff and I liked his like fingerless gloves with the jacket yes. and the scarf mm-hmm. and the big hair. Yes. yes. This is yes, this is my preferred Kartik as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the big hair. The man, Ruhan, guesses the woman's name and her travel destination, claiming that he has a sixth sense, but really he's just reading her name and her travel destination off of her ticket. Yes. For the bus that she's about to catch, which also happens to be the bus that he's about to catch. Mm-hmm. And so they end up sitting next to each other on the bus, and Ruhan's trying to be flirty, and Reet, the woman, is not super interested, but not <laughs> not interested. Yeah, she's <laughs> keeping that door open. Exactly. And over the course of their ride together, as they're chatting, we learn that Ruhan's parents have died, and so he's just, like, vagabonding his way across the country. Um, he he is an unemployed, handsome guy. Yeah, but at least he's, like, the son of a tycoon, right? Didn't they say, like... Oh, sure, yes. Yeah, your so. dad was, like, the tycoon of blank. Yeah, so I'm like, <laughs> at least he's, like, a super wealthy, unemployed, handsome man. Like, it makes sense why he's yeah. just bopping around. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. He's, like, finding himself or something. Yeah. Um, and it's going well for him. Um, Reet, meanwhile, she's a medical student. We also learn that she is on her way home now to marry a man named Sagar. Yes. And this is a man who her family has picked for her. She's not into him, but she's agreeing to go through with this arranged marriage. 
But so they happen to stop at a town that has a famous music festival. Uh, and Ruhan convinces Reet that she needs to live a little. And so instead of getting on their scheduled bus to depart the town, the two of them head to the festival together. And we get our first dance number, De Tali, which yes. is my pick for my favorite. Great. Because um, I'm Great. a big fan of this one. <laughs> it was very, very fun. I did just, I'll let you talk about it, but there was a white girl <laughs> that I felt like I could be. Great. It was the one with the sparkly rainbow fringe top. Awesome. <laughs> and like the colorful eyeshadow. I was like, I could be her. That could happen. I definitely happen. think, yeah, you could be her. There is a moment where Kartik is just surrounded by white ladies, any of which we <laughs> could be. And I also feel like the dance in this song is pretty straightforward. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, maybe that's something we uh, we do. <laughs> we can aspire to. Uh, yeah, like on a, on a tipsy weekend night, we can teach ourselves the dance. Mm-hmm. Um two things that I want to mention that I really like. First of all, Kartik's move where he like throws his sunglasses off his face. Yeah. Is also something he does in Shezida. And yes. So I feel like this is becoming a signature Kartik move of like chucking your sunglasses with your finger off your face. It's an Um, interesting one. Yeah, it is. And then he is later wearing the same sunglasses. So clearly he got them back. (laughs) They're like their boomerang sunglasses. They always come back to you. (laughs) (laughs) that's very funny but then also i really like the like in the chorus there's a little part where the vocal the vocalist goes like and i really like kartik like mouthing along to that is anyway that's that dance number detaily very fun it is fun very which is good because then something not fun happens yeah Because after this dance number, Reet and Ruhan head back to the bus depot where everybody is running around in a panic Yeah. because the bus that they were supposed to be on fell into a gorge and everybody died. And I'm sorry I'm laughing, but it's just, it's so sad you have to laugh. <laughs> well, and it's so just like, what? It, yeah. It's absurd in the sense that it's like, do these things happen? Because (laughs) honestly, whenever we're watching a movie and I see like those big buses taking those Mm -hmm. really narrow roads on like the side of a mountain, it has always crossed my mind that like, do buses go over the edge? And I never really thought past that. But then this movie happened. (laughs) And like, I don't know, maybe. I can think of at least one other movie where a large plot point is that a bus went over a cliff and everybody on it died. Anyway, so maybe, I don't know if that's based on reality or just people being on those buses and being like, I might die. Because I've been on buses where I felt that way. For sure, me too. (laughs) There you go. What is the truth? We don't know. So Reet tries to call her family and she ends up using a payphone to call her sister, Trisha, but the connection is bad. So Trisha Mm -hmm. doesn't know who's calling. Reet can hear Trisha's side of the conversation, but Trisha can't hear Reet. And this is important because Reet overhears Trisha talking to her fiance, Sagar, and saying, you know, she's mourning the death of her sister and saying, when I prayed that something would happen that would prevent you and Reet from getting married, this was not what I meant. And so clearly what we learned from this conversation is that Trisha and Sagar are in love with each other. Trisha has been praying that something will prevent the wedding from happening. And now she feels responsible for her sister's death, which is yeah. really Real sad. <laughs> it's, it's like really dark and 
I think because it is a relatively lighthearted film. Yeah. It's not quite explored. No, <laughs> just how not. dark that is. This is like, really like yeah. the only time we hear Trisha or Sagar talk. <laughs> right. And I'm just like, okay, so whoever wrote this, like, I guess doesn't have siblings because. <laughs> Well, you know, because also it's just like, I'm not even believing that this sister is that sad. Like, it feels like she's putting on a performance for me as the audience member. (laughs) That I think is is a very valid critique. (laughs) Just saying. Yeah. Um, But luckily, we, the audience, know that Reet is alive, so we can just enjoy this moment for the absurdity of it. And so Reet realizes that she can't marry Sagar, and she needs to think of a way to make room for Trisha to be able to marry him instead. And Ruhan is like, well, why don't you just talk to your family about it? Why don't you just tell them what's going on? But Reet says that her father will feel shamed that, you know, invitations went out with the name of one daughter, and then he marries the other daughter to this man. Mm -hmm. She says what she's going to do is continue to pretend to be dead, Yep. Until Trisha and Sagar get married, and then she'll reveal the truth, and she's like, you know, if my dad disowns me, so be it, at least I'll know my sister is happy. Which is very yeah. self-sacrificing of her. It is, and also, again, so dark to let your entire family think you perished in a tragic yes. bus accident for as long as it takes to have a wedding. Right, yeah. And But I wrote, I was like, you know, this plan is so totally harebrained, but it... Mm-hmm totally makes sense like i get it i understand the motivation and it's interesting to have that with such a bonkers plan i totally agree it's almost cartoonish in a way where you're like yeah i follow the internal logic (laughs) of this like even though this not this is not the choice i would make (laughs) i I mean but maybe it is i haven't been in that situation before (laughs) i mean there is always the fun of thinking like how are people gonna react to my death (laughs) (laughs) sure We've all thought um, about it. Yeah. Um, so Reet convinces Ruhan to travel to her village with her, and so they arrive at her family's ancestral home, which just so happens to be the mansion from the start of the movie. And Ruhan rightfully observes that the house is spooky. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And Reet says that the villagers claimed that it's haunted by her aunt Manjulika's spirit. Mm-hmm. This is just validated by several spooky things that occur upon entering the mansion. A black cat attacks Ruhan. I love that Uh, cat. (laughs) It's a great cat. (laughs) It comes Um, back. (laughs) Billy Kali. Yeah, and then the moment that Ruhan says Manjulika's name, all the lights in the house turn on. Mm Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, a passing villager sees the lights on in the house, and so he runs and goes to tell the family that the past has been unearthed. Yes. Sorry. I was just thinking, this house is in pretty great shape for having been abandoned for 18 years. For 18 years. It absolutely is. Yeah. Like, really, there's just, like, the fabric on the chairs, and other than that, there's really no sign of it. (laughs) Um, I guess they have to do some sweeping as well. But, uh, so the whole family and the, basically the entire village, it seems, go to the house, they're armed with rifles and sticks, both of which I feel are ineffective weapons against ghosts, but that's just me. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Reet, meanwhile, is reminiscing about her childhood growing up in the house um, and how her uncle and her used to spin around in the corner and her aunt used to oil her hair and, or sorry, her sister-in-law used to oil her hair. Mm -hmm. Um, 
as this is happening, Reet and Ruhan see the villagers are coming. And so Reet hides and Ruhan doesn't have time to dive (laughs) behind a chair. So he just sits. Mm Mm-hmm. And he greets the family as they arrive, as if he's holding court and tells them how lovely the house is. And he explains when they very reasonably question him for their pres- his presence in their house sure. um, that Reet's ghost has sent him. And he says that he has a gift for seeing dead people. And so Reet's ghost came to him and wanted him to come hang out. <laughs> Which, mind you, this literally, like, this bus crash happened like hours ago yeah (laughs) max like one day (laughs) right so yeah like i don't know how she ghosts move fast i guess sure Um, but like these people i don't know i'm just like they're still very much in mourning uh, yeah or they should be (laughs) (laughs) the family is understandably skeptical about this guy particularly reet's young cousin potlu (laughs) my favorite (laughs) who hits ruhan with a stick (laughs) but ruhan starts talking about oh well Reet told me how she and her dad used to swing and she and her uncle used to play and she and her sister-in-law used to hang out. And so when the family asks him how he knows about this, he says, well, Reet told me. Again, I can talk to ghosts. It's my gift. And Reet's sister-in-law, Angelica, who is the woman who we saw being dragged by her hair at the start of the movie, she steps up and she says that Reet was the family's life and she hopes that Ruhan is not playing a trick on them. And Ruhan says that he swears on his mother's spirit and that Reet told him that it was her final wish to live in this house where she grew up with her family. And so the family accepts this, and they all go and settle into the house, and Ruhan talks to Reet about how he's worried that they're not going to be able to keep up this ruse, but Reet's like, don't worry, this house is huge, it's basically labyrinthine, and that's where we find out, we people who don't speak <laughs> Hindi find out that bul bulea means ghost labyrinth or ghost maze, Yeah, which is just a great combination of words. <laughs> it's very fun. Yeah. yeah. I am surprised at just how quickly this entire family was like, yeah, let's move back it after 18 years. Let's just move back into the site of this family trauma. And there's only one very brief conversation of like, but what about Manjalika? And they're like, that's fine. We'll just keep her in that room. It's totally cool. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway. But so the next day, Reet is adorably snacking on the catering from her funeral that's happening downstairs, which I really enjoy. And she sends Ruhan down to cheer up her family. And so when he arrives among everybody, he hears Angelica mourning that instead of having a wedding, they're having a funeral. And so Ruhan's like, well, hey, why don't we still have a wedding and you can marry Trisha and Sagar? Hmm. Um, and then he claims that this was Reet's other last wish. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, to, to see the two of them get married and to see the whole family come together and celebrate and be happy. And so everyone agrees to this as well. Now, meanwhile, there's this whole side plot that's happening with the three pundits. And I didn't talk about them a ton, just where they intersect with the main plot. Um, But I do think it's really funny that their names are uh, Bare Pandit, Chota Pandit, and Panditain. 
And I don't know what Panditane means, but Bade Pandit and Chota Pandit literally means big Pandit and little Pandit. <laughs> oh, that's cute. So that's how I'm going to be referring to them. Um, and then the other one I just called Wife Pandit. <laughs> <laughs> that makes um, sense. Really, so... <laughs> you just need to know that they're silly. Yes, they're very silly. They're the comedic relief. Mm-hmm. Um, also, the one, the big Pandit is Oscar. <laughs> yeah, I thought so. I was going to ask you. I was like, yeah. he's definitely Oscar. Great. Yeah, yeah. so they, they're like trying to get money. It's fine. Anyway, Ruhan takes advantage of his positioning with the family to flirt with one of Reet's cousins. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he ends up having to hug an old woman. God forbid. Like this, yeah. old, this adorable old woman. <laughs> she is adorable. I thought it was a little weird that he was so repulsed. Yeah. Like, Then it kind of weirded me out that he was like, no, let me hug all the young women and just hold them next to my body. Because then I was like, this just got weird. Like, he, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) This is now people, like, dubious consent is coming into play here. But we don't need to examine that too much. (laughs) Anyway, seeing this happen, Reet does get a little bit jealous. And we're starting to see that she has a little bit of a crush on Ruhan. And Ruhan has a little bit of a crush on her. Trisha and Sagar come to confess to Ruhan that they have been in love with each other, but Ruhan is like, I know, Reet Noon, don't worry about it. Like, it's not a big deal. Um, Like, they were clearly, again, feeling guilty about it, but he's like, no, this is literally why Reet wanted this, which is true. And Reet overhears this, and they have this very cute moment where she thanks him and kind of kicks him, and then he's like, you're welcome, and he kind of kicks her back. It's very sweet. Yeah. Yeah, because then she gives him a gentle shove to the arm, and then he gives her a gentle shove to the arm. And it was just this really cute mirroring where it's like, yeah, you both have crushes. (laughs) (laughs) It's very, like, middle school kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) In a sweet kind of way. (laughs) In a sweet way, not in a, like, problematic, manipulative way. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That night... Ruhan wakes to see a spooky red light flooding the room, and Mm. a crow flies through the window, across the room and out the open door where a hooded figure is standing, dressed in Ruhan's clothes. Freaky. Very freaky. So Ruhan rises and follows the figure upstairs to the locked door, where the figure stops and says his name. And it turns, and it's him! (gasps) And then someone taps on his shoulder and he turns again and it's him again. And oh he's my gosh. just surrounded by himself. But then eventually he gets tapped on the shoulder by Angelica. And he turns and he tells her, I have no idea how I got here. And Angelica warns him to stay away from Mangelica's spirit because she's extra dark and disturbed. Mm-hmm. And the next day we see that Ruhan is establishing himself in the community as a medium. Um, he's yes. pretending to communicate with many of the recently deceased villagers and <sighs> a, series, a series of hijinks allows him to kind of pull this off in a way that convinces them. And so the villagers are very impressed and grateful and so they start calling him Ru Baba uh, and they give him a swanky new outfit and basically he becomes a local celebrity. He looks great. I love this outfit. It's a good look. I like yeah. it with the bandana. Yeah. Very, very Princess Bride. <laughs> <laughs> Always. Yep. But the pundits are not impressed, and Reet's cousin Potlu continues to also be very suspicious. And his suspicions are only heightened when one night Reet is sneaking around looking for Ruhan. Not sure why. She's just, like, sneaking around the house. Um, and Potlu sees her. And so he goes to tell 
Ruhan and everybody that he's seen Reet. And so Ruhan is like, oh, well, the reason that Potlu can also see Reet is because he's innocent and, you know, he has the clear eyes of a child. <laughs> um, Ruhan decides to threaten Potlu's life <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> by, like, threatening to push him, like, off of, uh, like, the roof of the house. Yeah. Um, and then he also threatens to lock him in Manjulika's room if he claims to see Reet again, which is... Very aggressive towards this 12-year-old boy. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's just effective. Be- but, like, just because he knows he's a fraud, too. Like, right. that's... Yeah. Because he knows the truth. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it should also be pointed out that there have been threats on Ruhan's life if this turns out to not be true, um, which the threats only get more serious later on. Um, that's so true. Ruhan is concerned that some some ill may befall him if the, if the family finds out that he's been lying to them. But then after this scene with Potlu, Ruhan hears bells creeping up behind him. And every time he moves, these bells jingle. Yeah. Um, and so he runs back to his room where he finds Reet. And Reet reveals that he has some bells attached to his hood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so she unhooks them. And Ruhan is clearly starting to lose it a little bit. Like living in this haunted house is starting to be a lot for him. Yeah. Um, and so he tells Reet that he's leaving. And she's like, okay. I understand like you can go and there's this kind of cute exchange between the two of them where they're both clearly bluffing like he wants her to tell him to stay and she wants him to just stay and Ruhan breaks first and he's like okay we're lying we're lying (laughs) but that makes sense because our whole relationship is built on this lie that you're dead Um, and so then they they say like okay well let's just keep telling each other more lies and Mm -hmm. so they tell each other that they hate each other that they don't like being around each other that they think they're ugly and Ruhan's just like inching closer and closer and closer until they kiss (laughs) I really appreciated that in Mm -hmm. this kiss he comes super close Mm -hmm. but lets her close Close the gap Uh Uh he's seen Hitch (laughs) Uh, he gets it he gets it it's great (laughs) It's a a very good kiss, and it leads us into our love song, Hum Nashe Me To Nahin. Um, I really liked it. It's a good one. I I liked it, too. It's a fun one to listen to. We've got mirrors. We've got matching outfits. What more do we want? (laughs) I really, really liked, at one point, she's wearing this, like, orange top with, like, the crisscrossy things uh-huh. down like her ribs and then a silvery skirt and like these big Ooh. turquoise earrings oh my gosh she looks so good is that when he's wearing because i like that their outfits kind of complement each other yeah in each, each set and i don't remember if this is the one where he's wearing like an embellished vest i honestly um. can't even tell you what he was wearing because she just looked amazing <laughs> and i didn't want to look away and i was focused on kartik and we don't we can't confirm that those were the same outfit pairing but i do also like he's wearing a very shiny vest in in the first moment which is fun mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, i love a good vest oh yeah um, yeah especially if it has a hood <laughs> oh god everything put a hood on it <laughs> Anyway, so after the love song, Ruhan is drinking with Reet's uncle. They're very, very drunk. And Ruhan starts talking about Manjulika. And they both kind of get a little overconfident with the, with the being drunk and all. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so they decide that they're going to go confront Manjulika's spirit. Um, and so Ruhan stumbles up to the door. He pulls out the trident. And just then, the wind picks up. 
Mm-hmm. So he just puts the trident back. <laughs> um, but not before Angelica and Reet's dad find him there and they start yelling at him. And then the camera spooks into the room. It kind of moves in this very creepy way. Yeah. And we see Manjulika sitting in her rocking chair, rocking. And she's all like green tinged and her face mm-hmm. is kind of like broken. I really love the way they did the makeup. It was really good. Very yeah. spooky. Very spooky, very effective. But then we finally get the whole story. And we get the story from Angelica, who explains that she and Manjalika, who are twin sisters, moved into the house as children with their father, who was hired as an accountant for the family. But their dad was also a celebrated musician, and so he and the twins would perform for the family. But their dad always praised Angelica more than Manjalika, which... He does very blatantly do. <laughs> yeah, that's not cool, Dad. And I don't <laughs> you know, you know, like, could be an uh, an unreliable narrator thing, but oh, sure. it does seem very blatant in, in this flashback. And so just as any sibling who is made to feel inferior would, Manjalika turns to the black arts. You know. <laughs> you know. We, we've, all, we've all been there. We've um, all dabbled. <laughs> We see her performing dark rituals with blood and crows in what I will say is a very appealing aesthetic to me. <laughs> and I I literally didn't think of this as I wrote the note, but like as a younger sibling, I don't know, maybe there's something to this. Um, <laughs> okay, sure. I've, yeah. never, I've never cursed my older sister, but there was just something about like the dark and the red and the light that just I was like, ooh, that's a nice witchy vibe. I like it. That's um, true. Anyway, the twins, Manjalika and Angelika, both fall in love with Reet's older brother, but he falls in love with Angelika, uh, mm-hmm. with a good twin. Yep. And this makes Manjalika even more jealous. And so the day of their wedding, Manjalika sneaks out of the house to her black magic temple and she performs a spell. And her dad finds her there. And he says that he wishes that she had never been born. And so she kills him. Yeah, uh, which is something I feel like he should have predicted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, if you see your child like drinking blood with, like, <laughs> you know, and like and like practicing black magic, I just my first reaction wouldn't be to be like, "You're a horrible person." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just go up and confront them immediately in the moment. Probably not. But yeah. so yeah, she stabs him, and then she tells him that she's granting his wish and making it so that he only has one daughter left. And then we see Angelica wake up with Manjulika standing over her with the same bloodied dagger that she used to kill their father. Mm-hmm. But Angelica manages to fight her off. But then Angelica's husband like gets out of bed and he's struggling with Manjulika until finally Angelica sneaks up behind Manjulika and stabs her in the back. Yeah. And then shortly after this happens, we see that Manjalika's spirit is still causing a ruckus, and she actually pushes Angelica's husband off of a balcony. And we had seen previously that this man is quadriplegic, and so mm-hmm. this is how he became paralyzed. Yeah, really, it's a miracle he survived at all. Yeah. That was a high balcony. It was a really high balcony, yeah. But he is alive. Yeah. Uh, and then we see the, the ritual being performed at the start of the ceremony. We see them trapping Manjalika's spirit, and now we're all caught up. Yes. 
And so then Reet and Ruhan in the next scene are sneaking back into the house because they've snuck out of the house to go on a date, which is cute. But as they're sneaking back in, Little Pondit sees them. And he had previously been, like, really swayed by Ruhan's Rubaba act, and he's Mm -hmm. very upset that he has been duped. And so he and his fellow pundits go to Reet's dad to out Ruhan. And so Reet's dad is threatening violence against Ruhan, but Ruhan is just continuing to insist that he is who he says he is, and he's saying mm-hmm. that if he can prove that Reet is, in fact, a spirit talking to him, then that same violence should be enacted against the pundits. Yeah. And so the family decides that they're going to go searching the house for Reet. So Ruhan helps Reet to hide in the one place in the house where the family isn't going to look for her in Manjalika's room. And Reet, you know, I haven't said this up to this point, but Reet's never been scared of Manjalika. She's like, I don't really believe in the whole ghost thing, even though she is like a 10-year-old child was in the room when that ceremony happened. (laughs) She's like, that. I don't care. I don't mind hiding in this room. Um, And she says that her story, that Manjalika's story, is as much a lie as theirs. But as she slips into the room, lightning starts flashing And we see a dark figure creep up behind her, and as it becomes illuminated by the lightning, we see that it's the green-tinged spirit of Manjalika, who -hmm. then speed-sneaks up behind Reet, and then we get intermission. It's spooky. Spooky way to end it. It is very spooky. Yes, it's a good good little kind of cliffhanger moment. But so after intermission, everyone's mad at the pundits because they didn't find Reet, and so they were lying about Ruhan lying, is what everybody assumes. Mm-hmm. Now that his legs and his head are safe because he was being threatened with leg breaking and decapitation, Ruhan heads up to Manjalika's room where he finds Reet's clothes strewn about the floor. Yeah. And then he sees Reet sitting in Manjalika's rocking chair. And then she starts singing Manjalika's song that, you know, we've been warned is one of the things she does to haunt the house. And then Reet starts dancing in a manner that is both eerie and seductive yeah um and she's <laughs> that's you know, a she's, good <laughs> yeah <laughs> she's dancing like a woman possessed and all ruhan can do is just look on absolutely terrified until he can't take it any longer and he assumes that reet has been possessed by manjalika's spirit <laughs> and so he begs manjalika's spirit for forgiveness and then reet laughs Mm-hmm. And she reveals that she was just pranking him. Um, and so the next day, we get into the thick of the wedding celebrations. But the family asks Ruhan if Reet is up to something, because they've been noticing that there's been a lot of stuff breaking around the house. And there's mm-hmm. just, you know, suddenly there's this dark energy. <laughs> huh, what could um, that be? Yeah, who knows? And someone or something has been breaking stuff, and then in the room in these celebrations, they're making the instruments less. Levitate, and Angelica wonders if Reet's spirit is angry because of the family doubting her and doubting Ruhan. And so Ruhan starts begging Reet's spirit to stop, but of course he's like, this is Manjalika's spirit, and now... <laughs> Now this is out of my control. (laughs) Yeah, because he's Um, not an actual ghost whisperer. He is not, yes. And then the family looks across the courtyard and sees a dark-robed figure walking sideways along one of the buildings. This really freaked me out. Both times I watched it. Ooh, it's, yeah, Yeah. like spine-tingling. And so Ruhan tells Reet that he wants to leave after seeing this, because again, (laughs) very, very spooky. But she insists that they have to stay 
to protect her family because now her family is in danger and they don't know that Monjalika's spirit is the one who's now mm-hmm. haunting them. She's loose. Um, yeah. <laughs> but so then that night, Angelica is awoken by something tugging on her feet. And when she goes to investigate, she senses that there's something behind her. But when she turns, there's nothing. Except then we see Manjalika's spirit run behind her back <laughs> in the direction that she was just facing. But anyway, so then Angelica goes and gets back in bed only to see Manjalika in bed waiting for her. Mm-hmm. Which is terrifying. Yeah. Um, but we cut away from that scene. And we see Angelica confronting Ruhan and saying that she knows that Reet is alive. And so Reet reveals herself and the two of them embrace. And after Reet explains everything to Angelica, Angelica explains that Manjalika attacked her in her bed just now. Yeah. And we, we kind of go back and we see that actually happening. And we see that Manjalika tells Angelica that she plans to kill the whole family one by one and then kill Angelica so she has to watch everyone in her family die. That's dark. Yeah. And so <laughs> they go to the Baba who originally trapped Manjalika, and he says that she's going to be weakest in three days at the lunar eclipse. So in the meantime... He's going to pray. He's going to get his posse of bros together, and they're going to chant protective mantras to, to, to protect the family. Yes. But as we see the Baba and his posse heading out to the desert to perform their prayers, Manjalika appears before them, hanging from a tree, which again, very creepy. And she possesses the Baba, and she uses his body to beat up his, his comrades. And when he comes to, he sees himself surrounded by the dead bodies of his fallen foes, and he flees. Yeah. So Manjalika's yeah. not having it. <laughs> no. Yeah, I'm gonna want to circle back around I know, this me moment. too! I, yeah. <laughs> well, let's come back to this one. Let's put a pin in this. Um... So meanwhile, Ruhan discovers that the pundits were the ones who faked Manjalika walking on the walls of the mansion earlier. Mm -hmm. And so he beats up Big Pundit and Little Pundit, but Wife Pundit gets away, only to be stopped by Manjalika, who scares her so badly that she passes out. Sure. <laughs> um, and then Ruhan comes across a cloaked figure who he assumes is wife Pondit. And so he starts telling her, like, all right, you're being a little cliche here with your, like, cloak and everything. And then he says a line, which is, your feet are as crooked as Donald Trump's tweets. Oh, yeah. I missed that. <laughs> which is a fascinating observation to me. And I always love ragging on Donald Trump. I'm always here sure. for that. Yeah, so I, that's just, I wanted to make sure to highlight that moment. <laughs> but then those same crooked feet start to rotate backwards before Ruhan's eyes. And Ruhan <laughs> sees that he is actually talking to Manjalika. Yeah. <laughs> and so he runs, because he's scared, and he makes the foolish choice of running up some stairs to a rooftop where Manjalika backs him towards the edge. And then we see him stumble and fall backwards and we hear him scream. Mm-hmm. And then we cut away a lot of cuts mm-hmm. yep uh <laughs> very suspenseful but then we see ruhan and he's entering the house late at night and after everyone has gone to bed and he starts singing manjalika's song 
Mm-hmm. And the family starts to emerge when they hear him singing, even Reet, although she's staying hidden at this point, and they watch as he puts on quite a performance. He literally is holding fire in his hands at a couple points. He's also like a la the exorcist crab walking down the stairs. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and he wraps up his performance and Angelica's like, hey, are you... You okay, bro? And he's like, yeah, I just felt like singing. Which I really did like. It was, like, eerie and cool. Yeah. And, yeah it was a good it. performance. They And they, like, put a little coal around his mm-hmm. eyes for it. Like, he, yeah, he looked, he looked good. Yeah. Um, but then he asks why the family has decorated the house with flowers. They won't be having a wedding. They'll be having a funeral because <gasps> Angelica is going to die. Oh, my God. <laughs> And then he turns to Angelica and he's like, why didn't you tell everyone that I had been set free? And we realize, if we hadn't already put it together before, that, uh uh-oh, Ruhan's been possessked by Manjalika. And then Reet's uncle spots her. Like, she's not doing a great job of hiding as all this is happening. And he's like, yes, I can see Reet. Like, our ghost is here. It's ghost versus ghost. Like, Reet (laughs) will protect us. But Reet has to come forward and be like, sorry, guys, I'm actually alive. (laughs) Yeah, I can't fight this ghost. (laughs) Nope. Manjalika says in Ruhan's voice that her time for revenge has come and there will only be blood. And Angelica's like, well, the exorcist, we just need to get him in this. And just at that moment, yeah. the Baba's body falls from the sky. I don't know where it came yeah, from. Yeah, where she, like, tucked it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever she put it. But Manjalika then lunges at Angelica, and Reet jumps in between them. And she starts begging Ruhan to fight Manjalika off. She's like, Ruhan, I know you're in there. Like, please help us. Like, please don't let Manjalika kill us. And Angelica picks up a knife, and Manjalika is just laughing. She's, mm-hmm. you know, she's like, yes, this is exactly what I wanted. Until Angelica presses a knife to Reet's throat, and she screams, take another step, Angelica, and I'll slit her throat. What? And then Ruhan, because it has been Ruhan this entire time and not possessed, smiles and says, Angelica or Mangelica? He's being very cool with the fact that, like, a knife is pressed against (laughs) his throat. Yeah, a very real (laughs) knife is pressed against his very real girlfriend's throat. (laughs) Right? Like, I know this is a gotcha moment. Like, well done. And also, your girlfriend's in mortal peril. (laughs) Kill her. Yeah, that's a great point. But we flash back to when Ruhan stumbled and was about to fall off the roof, but Manjalika's spirit actually catches him and spares him. And she explains that she is not, in fact, Manjalika. She has been... Angelica, this entire time, that is the spirit who has been trapped in the house for 18 years. The spirit yeah. of the good twin. Mangelika, mm-hmm. um, 18 years ago, used her dark magic to take control of Angelica. So everyone thought that the twins were swapped. And Manjalika has been alive this entire time. And she pushed Reet's brother over the balcony because he found out and he threatened to reveal the truth. And I do want to point out how silly the moment is where (laughs) he reveals that he knows because it's literally like he just walks up to her and he's like, Manjalika? And she's like, yeah. (laughs) And then he's like, hey! (laughs) Yeah, that was dumb. Um, Very dumb. But it's also revealed that every family member who has died in the last 18 years died at Manjalika's hands. Yeah, it was like 12 people. 
but because they found out about her, and so she killed them. And so Reet asks Angelica's spirit why she didn't explain herself immediately after she was set free, like after they accidentally let her go. But then we flash back to the scene where the spirit is confronting the live twin in bed, and now we know that it's mm-hmm. Manjalika who's alive. And Angelica, you know, she makes this threat, but Manjalika just laughs, and she's like, you can't kill me like no one will believe you like if you kill me you'll never get your family back and your family will just always think that you're evil now we're back in the kerfuffle we're back in the Mm -hmm. thick of it and manjalika explains to everyone she takes her villain monologue moment um and explains that angelica was lucky so she stole her destiny and angelica at this point she has heard enough and so she grabs manjalika by the throat and she just chucks her against a wall um And then she drags her upstairs and throws her in the room where Angelica had been held prisoner for 18 years. And she shuts the doors, and Manjalika is now trapped in there. And Angelica turns back to her family, weeping, and she begs them not to be upset with Reet, for the truth would never have come out without her. And then she thanks Ruhan for understanding her pain. And finally, she says her conversation with her sister isn't complete, and she Mm -hmm. glides through the closed doors and out of sight. And as we see the family pack up and leave the house, we hear Manjalika begging her sister for forgiveness and sounds that clearly indicate that that forgiveness is not given. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And that is where we end this movie, because... Now we go into our final dance number, the title track. I said that this was my favorite, mm-hmm. which is hard because I don't like the English, not, the it's English, not rapping, like, but yeah, like whatever. Like sort of speak singing, yeah. Yeah, I don't care for that. No, but I do either. really like the overlaying of all of the musical themes from the movie. Yes, I agree. It's like a cool, edgy, modern vibe, but kind of creepy. Yeah. And I like the... Kartik is just holding this like CGI cat. Yep. <laughs> I love the cat. The cat is like has like bling. It's great. Yeah. Um and I I will say I can never decide if I love or hate Kartik's tiny sunglasses. Like I think I like the statement that they make, but I mm-hmm. I hate them also yeah that's fair yeah i have complicated feelings this was the first time i really noticed kartik's like fancy footwork that he yeah you know i mean he didn't choreograph this but like that he has been given and that he executes very well as a dancer yeah and he does it in shezada too and i just like that that's kind of the style that we're Mm -hmm. we're starting to see him identify with um yeah in, in his dancing it's very cool it's fun I yeah. always like it because it's like, you know, you're doing this, but it makes yeah. me think the floor is moving. Right. It's very, yeah, it's like kind of an optical illusion in a way. Yeah. It's, it's really fun to watch. But yeah. Yeah. First of all, it's actually very, very tragic. Yes. When you think about it. Like, it is. That the, this couple who were in love both had that robbed from them. And mm-hmm. then this man had to sleep next to the woman that he knew was responsible for the death of his love and his own paralysis Yeah, for 18 years. I'm glad that you bring that up because that to <laughs> me is the real like torture of this movie. I mean, it's yeah. real sad that Angelica was trapped in a room, you know, as a ghost and everything. But like, yeah, at that point, she's dead, you know, she's like, dead. Yeah. And at least she, she gets to like hang out doing ghost stuff. But like right. her, her husband yeah, is literally just trapped in his body beside the woman who 
tried to kill him and killed the woman he loved. Yeah. And there's nothing he can do about it. It's real it's, dark. It's awful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I also, yeah, wanted to circle back around to the death of the yeah. mama. Yeah. Because <laughs> Angelica like, did that. Yeah. No, she definitely did. Like, she <laughs> did possess him to murder all of his friends. Yep. And then did kill him. And I feel like no one really talks about it. No. And, and yeah, why? Why? I think that's a great question. Like, if they had somehow shown that, like, Manjalika and this Baba were, like, in cahoots with each other. Yeah. That, like, he was also, like, a dark entity of some sort, then I would have understood it. But it is very out of character for Angelica's spirit to kill, like, seven people. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. because I guess that she was like, well, he's in the way of me getting my revenge. Right. But it seems like she could have come up with another solution to that because the rest of her plan was really quite crafty. <laughs> yeah. So that yeah. felt odd. It was a little odd. Yeah, for sure. But it is also one of those movies where accepting that when you go back and watch it knowing the twist, I always like when you can see yeah. little hints of it. Like mm -hmm. when her spirit is free... All of the stuff she's doing to haunt them is fairly harmless. Like, she's, yes. you know, she's not being cruel to anybody, but she's making her presence known. Yeah. No, I agree. It was fun to, fun to rewatch it. Yeah. And yeah, I'd watch it again next spooky yeah. season. I think so. I, yeah, it's, it's a good one for, for this time of year. Again, yeah. it, it fits the, the coziness and just like the right amount of kind of spine tingling creepiness mm -hmm. that, that helps us launch into the season. Solid flick. Solid flick, yes. But I would love to hear what you researched from this movie. So call it a cop out. I don't know. I was <laughs> Never. like, I promise I'm not into like weird stuff. I mean, sometimes I am. But <laughs> I decided to research ghost stories. Great. From I, India. I'm thrilled. <laughs> yeah, I will say that none of them were as good as I wanted them to be. I'm sorry that's okay <laughs> it's fine i've got like three different locations that are haunted or Ooh. you know claim to be haunted and i think it's just really interesting because we talked about like oral tradition before mm -hmm. these stories have been passed down through words spoken word for many many years so there's all these different versions so when you're looking up these stories it's like okay well one site says something, like, another site says something different, and it's because they're all, like, true. So it's just interesting. Yeah, um, yeah, that is really interesting. And hard to pinpoint, then, like, what is the quote-unquote, like, main legend of a right. place. But right. the first one is Mangar Fort, which okay. is considered, and I'd be curious to know if people actually living in India consider it the most haunted place in india but the articles <laughs> i found say it's the most haunted place in india Ooh. um this is a 16th century fort located in rajasthan built by raja amado singh okay and it was named bangar fort after the king of amer bangar singh and it was the early capital of raja madho singh's kingdom Okay. I like that this is in Rajasthan because that's where the movie was set, too. Yes, mm -hmm. yes. A lot of spooky stuff happening there. <laughs> Precisely. And there are tales of two separate curses. 
oh around this site so it's like in ruins it's a okay. it's a site of ruins at this point and one of these curses involves a hermit named guru balu not who used the location as his meditation spot before the fort was built so then the king came along and was like hey we want to build this fort here is that cool and the guru was like, yeah, sure, you can build your fort here as long as the shadow of the fort doesn't touch me. Oh, If okay. it does touch me, I'm going to curse you. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> and then the shadow did touch him. Yeah. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> that'll, that'll happen. <laughs> um, and the fort was cursed. And it, it's just one of those things where I'm like, okay, is this actually the legend or did you just want to come up with a fun story? <laughs> because it said that the curse was that all of the buildings would be roofless. <laughs> okay. So. Just exposed to the elements. Yeah. So now there's no roofs. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so. I really want to understand the mechanics of that. Like, did they try to build roofs and they kept like forgetting their task? You know, they yeah, were like, I, wait, what did I come up here for? I don't right? know. <laughs> I don't know. But it is said that every building in the fort that was built with a roof after the enactment of the curse ended up collapsing. Oh, I see. Okay. And people died as a result. Oh, no. So that's one of the curses. man. <laughs> yeah, that's one of the... <laughs> ruthless rooflessness. <laughs> so that's one of the curses, and I was just like, okay. Like, yeah. I, I feel like it, I that guru, he could come up with a better curse, in my opinion. Right? Well, someone else did come up with a better curse. Okay. Sort of. So <laughs> there's another curse that surrounds Rani Ratnavati, who is the beautiful princess who lived there okay. in like the early 17th century. A tantric slash sorcerer slash practitioner of spells and magic. Great. He's called several different things in several different stories. <laughs> named either Sing Sefta or Singia Tantric. Okay. <laughs> One of the two. <laughs> fell in love with this beautiful princess because mm -hmm. of course he did. Yeah. And when he saw the princess's maid buying hair oil for her, he put a love spell in the hair oil. No, we don't condone. <laughs> no. But Princess Ratnavati was aware of such spells. She was like, I've seen this before. I'm not falling for it. Yep. So this I'm all I'm all on board with. Yep. So she threw the oil away, and the moment it hit the ground, it morphed into a large boulder. Oh, no. <laughs> but I'm like, but why? <laughs> if it was a love spell, I don't... Whatever. It's one of the fail-safes on the love spell. <laughs> yeah, if it, if it doesn't work, it'll be a boulder. <laughs> I just keep thinking, I'm sorry, like, that's a nice boulder. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly where my brain goes, too. Yeah. Um, but then this large boulder rolled. Oh, and no. Crushed, it ended up crushing the sorcerer. Oh, the sorcerer? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> So he well. was literally, instead of being hoisted by his own petard, he was crushed by his own boulder. By his own boulder, yeah. <laughs> and with his last breath, he cursed the fort and its people, saying they needed to leave or else die painful deaths and never rest in peace. Wow. And some of the stories also put, like, a 24-hour window on that. That, like, oh. he said, you need to leave or you'll be destroyed in 24 hours. That's not a lot of time. No. And then one of the stories said that at that time in like 1605, around 14,000 people were living 
in Bangar, and after the curse, half the population, including the king, left Bangar before the 24 hours were up. Oh, no. Yeah, they were just like, we're not dealing with this curse, and so they left. Yeah, fuck, um, Unclear what happened to the remaining. Like, here's the thing, right? I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> if it's super haunted, generally people are like, so many people died. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't find any of that. Ghost logistics, who knows? But today, Bangar Fort is a tourist destination, but entry between sunset and sunrise is prohibited. Oh. Oh, because it's considered, well, some people say, because it's considered the most haunted location in India, so it's Uh the ghosts. And at night, locals say that weird voices and sounds can be heard coming from the fort. And locals also claim that no one who has visited at night has ever returned. Oh, no. They're either dead or missing. <gasps> and it is believed that those visitors who die, their ghosts haunt the fort. Okay. Just hauntings on hauntings on hauntings. Yeah, basically. And there yeah. is also a popular tale of three young boys who were found dead inside the fort after spending a night there. Oh, no. And interestingly, the government has enforced a rule that foreign visitors are not allowed on the premises without special permission. Oh. Like, from the government. Because they probably think that people are going to be disrespectful. Probably. Yeah, Yeah. I think that that seems about right to me. Um, (laughs) And yeah, so a paranormal team did visit Bangar Fort for the first time in 2012, and they did spend the night... They did not die Great. or go missing. <laughs> they emerged. And they said they did not discover much unusual activity. And coincidentally, Bangar Fort is positioned next to a tiger reserve. Oh, no. <laughs> and a pretty intense forest. So it is frequented by tigers and panthers at night. Yeah. And there's also bats and monkeys. Like, there's a lot of wildlife that could account for the sounds that people hear. And also the killings of people. (laughs) Yeah, and could account for why the government's like, y'all don't go in at nighttime when these big cats are active. Right, yeah. It all adds up. Yep. And experts have suggested that the fort was abandoned not because of a curse, but because the main water source dried up. That would also be a problem, yeah. (laughs) So... that's one of my favorite things about ghost stories is how often there's an explanation. <laughs> yeah. So that's that one. Then we go to Dow Hill of Kursong. Okay. And this is located 30 kilometers or 18.6 miles from Darjeeling. Oh. So it is apparently a place known for its tea plantations. It's known for its views, orchid gardens, forested hills, and tea plantations, but also a death road, a headless ghost, and a haunted school. Wow, I'm equally excited about all of those things. (laughs) Right? Me too. I know, I was like, I don't even like spooky things, but I like tea. (laughs) And I like orchid gardens. Yeah. (laughs) But I like headless horsemen. (laughs) Yeah. But local woodcutters working along the so-called death road have told tales of seeing the ghost of a headless young boy walking and disappearing into the woods. Um, But it's not just him. People also report the feeling of being followed and or watched, but nothing is there. (gasps) Oh no. Which also could be considered just paranoia if you think an area is spooky. Or you could be being stalked by a big cat. (laughs) Or you could be being stalked by a big cat. I don't know if there's big cats here, Kim. Okay. (laughs) I mean, there could be. I don't know. (laughs) I'm just going to assume all the ghosts from now on are big cats. (laughs) That's fun. (laughs) 
some people have also seen a red eye looking out from amongst the trees. As well as the ghost of a woman in gray running through the trees. That's very spooky. Yes. And people also say that within the forest, they hear the screams of children and mothers. (laughs) I don't know how they know that they're mothers. (laughs) Are the mothers screaming for the children? I don't know. Come back, it's dinner time. (laughs) It was unclear. It's also very funny to try to look up articles on these things because you find like five or six articles that are the exact same length and all say the exact same thing. And I'm like, so which one of you started this? Yeah. (laughs) But it is said that the ghosts themselves don't cause any harm to visitors. Oh, good. Although the people who visit are placed into a trance-like state. Oh. Yeah, it could be kind of fun. That does sound a little creepy and a little cool. Uh-huh. And there's also a functioning school near the woods of Dow Hill called the Victoria Boys High School, which has been operating since 1879. Mm. And locals say that they hear loud whispering and the sound of footsteps while the school is closed for winter vacation and there's no one there oh no and guards who are posted at the school over this vacation also say that they hear the voices of boys wandering in the empty corridors (gasps) Mm. ghost children are always more creepy than ghost adults are the freakiest yeah just like child murderers are way freakier than like adult murderers yeah (laughs) yeah I was just reminded, I was walking the dog, and I passed a sewer, like, sewer grate that had oh, a no. red balloon. Oh, no. And I was like, <laughs> it always freaks me out. I was like, ah, that freaks me out. I, I didn't like actually it. know if you meant people who murder children or children who murder people. Oh, I meant children who murder people. <laughs> okay, great. Yeah, that is way creepier. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think, yeah, people who it's murder not... children are the horrible. Other... Yeah, that's not great either, but in this case... <laughs> I don't get terrified the same way as I do about, like, a child. Children Um, who kill. But locals have also reported seeing a boy standing at one of the windows of the school looking at them. As well as either the same headless boy or a different headless boy (laughs) wandering around the grounds. Multiple headless boys. Yeah. I will say that no teachers or students have ever reported seeing a ghost at the school. Mm. And school management insists that there has never been a death either natural or accidental, on school grounds. Interesting. So, who knows? Who knows? Well, it sounds like they're only doing the hauntings while the school is closed, so I'm not surprised (laughs) about the students and teachers part of it. That's true. That's a good point. (laughs) All right, that's fair. Could be haunted. Our third location is Kashmir. Hey! Which I mentioned before, I think, with the aliens and... Then the aliens randomly started to involve ghosts. Yes, I do remember that. Yeah, <laughs> ghosts versus aliens. Yeah. Yeah, but this is different. These are different locations. Okay. Um, but so the Udampur army quarters in Srinagar are said to be haunted by floating ghostly apparitions Ooh. that appear for a few seconds and then fade away into the sky, producing strange noises and lights as they disappear. Oh, boy. Which, honestly, I was like, that sounds kind of nice. And it then does sound nice. The article made sure to be like, it's terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, now for anybody reading this who thinks it sounds beautiful, don't worry, it's very scary. <laughs> um, or do worry. Yeah. Also, it does and sound a little bit like aliens. Right? Maybe ghosts are aliens and aliens are ghosts. We don't I know. I think that I never realized how thin the line was between <laughs> those two beings. Yeah. But locals believe that these apparitions are ghouls visiting Earth 
So aliens. Sure, sure. (laughs) They can be seen between 1 and 3 a.m. Oh, very specific. Yes. The schedule. (laughs) Well, at least like 3 a.m. is known as like the universal witching hour. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yes, when the veil between our plane and the spiritual plane is at its thinnest. Fascinating. Yeah. But then my last little story... Is because there also aren't stories in the way that I want them to be. A I know, story. yeah. Like I want to know? know who is the headless boy, right? And, yeah. I want prose. I want. <laughs> I want a narrative. But the last place is Gokadal Bridge, which is the site of a 1991 massacre. Yeah. So this feels like it has its own story to be told. Yes. But on January 21st, 1991, the Central Reserve Police Force opened fire on a group of Kashmiris protesting. Oh, God. Yeah, so between 50 to 100 people were killed, either from being shot or drowning. The bridge is believed to be haunted by the angry spirits of the people who died that day, and visitors have reported witnessing ghostly apparitions on the bridge, as well as hearing strange voices. Hmm. Which that's, makes sense. That's really sad. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's not a fun ghost story. No, that's super tragic. And those ghosts deserve eternal rest. Yeah. As do all ghosts, but those ghosts in particular. Yeah. So that's where we're ending it. <laughs> I didn't plan that properly. That's okay. <laughs> My um, bad. <laughs> Those were all excellent ghost stories slash just concepts of ghosts. And I appreciate getting to to hear that. Uh, I'm excited that this is just the first of several ghost-related movies that we will be encountering in the coming years. Yeah. Bollywood news. Yes. I have some. I don't have any, I guess. Okay. I actually have one piece of Bollywood news and then one piece of South Asian cinema news, more broadly. Oh. So, first, uh, my Bollywood news is just that our girl Paraniti Chopra got married. So, just congratulations to her and her husband, Raghav Chadha. Happy for her. Happy for them. Their wedding looked beautiful. So... Mazel tov. <laughs> um, but the bigger piece of news that I wanted to share. So it, this is it's two part news. First of all, Tovi Thomas, Tovino Thomas, um, he won Best Asian Actor at the Septimus Awards, which was not an award ceremony that I was familiar with, but apparently it is a, quote, prestigious award ceremony with a strong emphasis on discovering and encouraging new independent talent, supporting visionary films, and bringing together all elements of filmmaking and storytelling. That's from the Septimus Awards website. Um, So was feeling super excited for Tovi, like, winning this award. I wasn't going to mention this. But then, the, so the movie that he won for is 2018, which is a film about the 2018 floods in Kerala. And it was announced, I think just today or maybe yesterday, but 2018 is India's official submission for Best International Film for the Oscars. That's amazing. Oh, I think we talked about it before, right? That we were like, how incredible that the cinema that's being recognized by like Hollywood 
is really coming out of southern India versus... Well, yeah, and so this, I don't think I had ever known how this happens before, but I guess India chooses the movie that they want to put forward as their international film, Mm -hmm. their nominee, except it's not decided yet whether they're actually nominated. And so I learned that of the, they've been putting forward submissions since the 50s, since I think 1957, and only three Indian films have actually been nominated for Oscars. Mm. Um, so fingers crossed that this is a fourth. It would be so excited, e- exciting even just for the movie to be nominated for an Oscar. Yeah. And then, I mean, if it wins, like that would be absolutely incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just was really exciting to see the love and, and outpouring towards the folks who made the movie and totally who stars in the movie it's a it's an ensemble cast i think he's one of the bigger parts in it and apparently they chose it because of its focus on the highly relevant topic of climate change oh Um, yeah yeah so i love the idea that they wanted to really shine a light not just on this movie but on that that global issue I'd like to watch that. Yeah, I don't think it's available for us to stream anywhere, but I'll I'll look again, maybe now with this kind of bigger buzz right, around like it, maybe it'll become available. I've been wanting to watch it. Fingers crossed. That would be so exciting. And yeah, like yeah. you said, to see it, to have that representation of a, a South Asian film, a uh, Malayalam language film is really cool. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. So yeah, that's it for, for news. Amazing. Pluggables. Mm-hmm. Follow us on Instagram. Yeah. Two white girls talk Bollywood. You can comment, like, send us a DM. Mm-hmm. We'll answer eventually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yes, as always, we appreciate any and all interaction there. Uh, you can also subscribe and leave a rating on whatever podcast platform you listen to us on. But regardless of what you do and do not do, we appreciate you listening. That's very true. We're very grateful to have you here. Uh, and you can also follow us on TikTok, also at Two White Girls Talk Bollywood. It's been really fun to be making those posts and creating those videos. And in addition to that, you can listen to our Bollywood Bangers playlists on YouTube and Spotify, where we put our favorite songs from the movies we watch. Um, and you can access those through the links that we share in our episode descriptions, as well as in the Instagram posts on Tuesdays. Yes. Yay. Now... I am excited in a way that maybe not a lot of people are. <laughs> but our <laughs> next film we'll be watching is Chama Kar, uh-huh. which is the Hindi remake. Well, I won't say remake because it doesn't involve a pirate, but <laughs> the Hindi adaptation of Blackbeard's Ghost, which okay. was one of the movies I grew up watching nonstop as a child. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that one does have a pirate and is totally worth a watch. But also, <laughs> Chamatkar takes some scenes directly from it, and it's delightful. Yeah, this feels like one of those things where, like, the inspiration is clearly there, but they definitely like changed some elements of the story. Yeah, like, yeah, it's definitely not a remake. Yeah, it's been a while since we watched this, and I'm really excited for us. To, I'm really excited to watch it again. Not least of all because this is. A really early Shah Rukh movie. This movie yes. came out in 1992, which was, that's as old as me. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so it was, this was maybe like one of his first movies. Yeah. And, and it shows in the most delightful possible way. <laughs> I, I really like it. My sister does not, but I think there's a lot to enjoy. Yeah. 
we're going to have a great time. Like, I loved every minute of watching this movie the first time, so I'm very excited to watch it a second time. Me too. Yeah. It is, it's just funny. It's like a lot yeah. of physical comedy, and it's great. So, yeah. yeah. Silly and fun and sweet. It's spelled C-H-A-M-A-T-K-A-R, and it is available to watch on Netflix. Beautiful. So our plot description on IMDb reads, When Sundar loses everything, he seeks refuge in a graveyard where he befriends a ghost. That sounds like it describes the first five or ten minutes of the yeah. movie. Yeah, oh, is that it? <laughs> That's it. Oh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, yep. <laughs> the Netflix synopsis is a village school teacher and the ghost of a murdered man who were both betrayed by those closest to them join forces to help each other. Ooh. Yeah, that's, this is that's compelling. I don't remember mm. anything at all about the plot of this. I just remember that there was a ghost, and I remember that there was a dance number on a train, and that's all I have retained. <laughs> Amazing, because really all I remember is Blackbeard's ghost. <laughs> yep. Great. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, everyone enjoy. Yes. Hope your spooky season is off to a good start. Yeah, and also if it's not spooky for you, just enjoy being spooky with us. Yeah. <laughs> will be your weekly dose of spookiness. Yeah. <laughs> and until next week, remember, Bollywood doesn't need us, but we need Bollywood. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> Bollywood. <laughs> Ha, ha, ha.